Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Latin Rouge Cycling Podcast for the final stage of the Gratum de Dauphiné, stage eight from Saint Alban Les Double S there to Plateau del Solaison. It's I think uh not as much climbing, I don't think, as yesterday, but it has an extremely hard mountaintop finish where we expected the biggest gaps. Twelve Ks at about nine percent this climb, but the start of it is very, very difficult and then it levels off. Uh, but not by much. So like the first 12K, uh, two kilometers, 11% average is a 15% average kilometer apparently, which I'm not sure if I saw that on the parkour in real life when I saw it, but it was very steep at the start. And the question was, what would Yama Visma do on this stage? Would they, guys on first and second on GC, comfortable lead, but no stage win for Jonas or Roglic yet, would they try and pace back the breakaway before that climb? And there's uh, Colombier before, and it's just a lot of energy to do so. They've already won other stages. Would they do that? I wasn't sure uh, exactly. But before we get into that breakaway and the management of it, mention our show partner Zwift. Finding a social group on Zwift has never been easier. Zwift has recently refreshed their pace partners, and it's now easier than ever to drop into a group that suits the pace you're looking for. Pace partners are bots that ride a consistent set pace on a particular route and they go from 1 watt per kilo all the way to 4.2 watts per kilo. You can hop in with a pace partner whenever you like and for however long you like. You can give it a go today with a free seven-day trial from Swift.com down below. But a huge break went, Benji, like a big one that was, I thought, going to be difficult to control. Yes, certainly a breakaway that included similar names as yesterday. Fabro in the breakaway again. Roland the breakaway again with two teammates, Litar and Bonamour, to get those KOM points again for Roland. That's basically safe for him, you know. Jan Heer, Tolhoek, Bernard, Bennett, Honoré, George Bennett, by the way, not Sam Bennett, not the sprinter. Michael Storer with a teammate, Bruno Armirai, Gregor Mulberger again, just like yesterday, and Eddie Dunbar together with a teammate, which was Laurence the Plus in that breakaway. So overall, a pretty damn strong breakaway, you dare to say. And it was a reaction from Yumbo, very similar to what we spoke about yesterday. Were there dangerous riders in the breakaway? Not necessarily, but if the gap would be six minutes, then someone else could take over the jersey. So that's something they don't want. So they actually started controlling it pretty strictly, in my opinion. Two minutes, two minutes and a half was the max it really got. And they kept that up. And I, I immediately saw before the coverage started, Wout Finard is pacing in the peloton. And I was like, okay, this is what, 130 kilometers to go. So this means that Laporte probably had a harder time on those initial climbs. And Fanat must have kept that going for quite a while because when coverage started, it was Yumbo still pacing in the peloton. And which riders were pacing for Yumbo when coverage started, when you started watching? I think it was Harper pacing at that point. Harper, I think this is the best contribution he's made for quite a while for Yumbo Visma. He had, I think, some health issues with his eye maybe last year, uh, but he was very good for them in this race. and. 
you know, someone has to control the break. And if you want to win the stage, someone has to do it. And when you're fighting against a large break like that, it's easier said than done, especially with only seven man teams and two leaders. So, yeah, basically, that's the story of the stage is they get on to Colombia, uh, FDJ decide to split apart or increase the pace on Colombier. They use Armour Rail for that purpose. He drops, and so Stora would be staring down the barrel of a very long valley. Oh, not very long, but long enough to matter before uh, the final climb to Stora. So I was like, no teammate there. Thankfully for him, Lawrence de Plus came back for Dunbar and bailed that breakaway out because if it was just the guys without a, uh, a team with two riders – they would have had absolutely no chance. And they didn't in the end because in that valley, it was Stora, Hirt, and Deplu's pacing with Dunbar in there. And it was Deplu's pacing against Waffenart. And there will only be one winner on the <laughs> flat between those two. So the gap went to 130, 120, 150, maybe 45 seconds at the base of Solaison, where I think Dunbar started pacing. And it was just like the Giro. Jan Hirt let them pace, let them pace, attacked on the steepest section and went clear of uh, Dunbar and Stora. But back, Benji, Jumbo Visma were taking it up from the base. While it, didn't, while it was done at the base, he pulled off. And I was thinking, they just got Benoit and Kreisfike. Like, were you surprised? And do you think Benoit is in the same shape he was in, say, on the Olympics, where on Makuni he pulled for a long time for Van Aert? I'm not sure it's the same shape. He didn't actually offer so much compared to then but it also has been a harder stage here then again at tokyo was also a very hard stage throughout so that's not an argument here to be honest i think Benoit is on a, a bit worse shape than then perhaps but they're also not at the time for the tour yet so he's got some time to grow that when it comes to Wout, yeah he did the work he ended up stopping at the bottom like you said Benoit doing the next pull and it really came down to Benoit going off basically with about 10k still to go on the climb and we know that the steepest section is with 8k to go that's that one kilometer that is the steepest spot and they were quickly down to three riders Jumbo, and that was kreisweg jonas and roglic and at a certain point they were in a different like order were kreisweg roglic and jonas so a bit of doubt for who are they going to go for today because on paper they've got the two strongest gc riders in this race in that group and Rider by rider, we started seeing other riders drop from that GC group. Gagan Hard was easily gone, and it looked like we were down to like six riders very soon because that Kreisweg pool. Is this the resurrection of Kreisweg? Yeah, this is. That was a crazy pool from him. I was. I mean, that's the thing though. When you try and put a square peg in a round hole, is that I was like, oh, Kreisweg's not looking too good. But yeah, he'd been asked all week to chase breakaways on the flat. That's not what he was designed to do. So he got put in his natural element here, pull on a steep climb for 20 minutes, 15 minutes, and he said, yeah, I can do that. And that being said, this is much a different level from Kreisvike than at Catalonia, Romandy, uh, in both previous years. In all the one-week races where he was given leadership for Yumbo in the last two years, he has not looked this good, even though he did a decent TT at Romandy. So... Yeah, and he he secured his Tour de France spot, even if that was in doubt. One hundred percent today, Kreisfeiker. He's reduced the group. He's dropped Gagan Hart. He's dropping Caruso. Guerrero's going off the back. Mankies is dropped. They catch Hurt, and he drops back as a satellite rider for Mankies, although that wasn't the intention. And suddenly it's just a group of 
Kreisweich, O'Connor, uh, Vingegaard, Roglic, and Hagen Chavez. So EF on the up and up this race. EF and Israel looking a little bit better. Anyway, that's another story for another day. The, the point stuff. Kreisweich's pulling incredible. And the only question was Benji when the attack would come because it's still like 6Ks to go from Jonas or Roglic. It eventually came from Jonas just increasing the pace with Roglic on his wheel. Were you surprised? This is what I alluded to yesterday. Remember when we had the discussion about whether Roglic should let the wheel go, etc. Were you surprised Roglic went with him or again, does it not matter because he knew that O'Connor would drop from the pace anyway and then they could just two up? Yeah, I think in this situation, they knew that they were the two strongest riders in the range, so it wouldn't matter what choice you make. And the most likely scenario is that you come out one to in this stage. If you uh, either choose to follow Jonas, then O'Connor might get in trouble. But if you don't follow Jonas and sit on O'Connor, then you might also have the same scenario in the end. But I think that against a better competitor, they can't afford to make this move. They can't afford to close each other down. I think that's the consensus here, right? Yeah, what should happen is Jonas goes from in front of Roglic, Roglic lets his wheel go, and then Roglic sits on Pogaccio or whoever it is, and they yeah. have to pace him back to uh, Jonas. That's important for two reasons. First of all, what if Jonas is stronger than Roglic? That means Jonas can do absolutely his own pace, and even on this is now 7%, draft matters on 7%. It really does. Like It really matters when... If a guy is 3% better than Roglic, the draft is enough to equalize that. If he's having an, a slightly off day, he can go into the pocket of a Pogaccio, O'Connor, whatever. Uh, so that's what they should do. They didn't hear. They go clear because it didn't matter. They're too dominant. And basically, this is the interesting part, Venji. They put 23 seconds into O'Connor, but then he clawed it back, not to 15, but to like 18. And then it held stable for like three kilometers. And he looked pretty cooked. Same with Chavez. He was at 50 the whole time. Jonas was pulling. He asked Roglic to pull like a couple of times. And Roglic did like a 10-second pull. What's your read on who was stronger, what the plan was? And, and yeah, because I don't think – because I'm a bit confused by it. I think Jonas could have gone harder. So if you see that scenario, if you see that two riders are up there and suddenly the tempo started dropping, that either means that the person that is pacing can't go harder or the person that is in his wheel is asking for a lower tempo and can't take over like you mentioned. And knowing that we've seen Jonas somewhat ask for a takeover, a relay by Primoz and Primoz not necessarily giving most of those relays, to me the likely scenario here seems that Jonas had to lower his tempo a bit to make sure Roglic could follow because Let's say that Jonas keeps up his tempo the entire way and Roglic gets into trouble on this climb. Then every single second between now and the Tour de France, every single article will be, is Jonas better than Primoz? Should they be riding for Jonas? Ah, the drama that the stage would create. So if you're in the situation with 15 seconds on O'Connor, you need to make sure that both of them can get to the line without dropping each other, in my opinion. Jonas is through. Like, he is. The comparisons, like the development... The current age they are now, maybe Froome was a year older, but the TT is good and just the, his rate of improvement and seeming, I don't know, he seems like a, I don't know anything about Jonas personally, but he just, you know, he seems like a quiet guy, but I think he's a bit of a killer too. Um, and yeah, I think Jonas is kind of that Froome mold and they need that. But 
anyway, here's the results. They go hand in hand across the line. I was like, please don't crash. I was like, they're going to crash, aren't they? Because you remember the Paranese stage one uh, stuff up when they tried to do the three holding hands across the line and Roglic had to veer out of the photograph. (laughs) I thought that was going to happen here. But anyway, they gift or not gift. Uh, Vingegaard wins the stage ahead of Roglic, who they obviously don't contest it. O'Connor only 15 seconds behind. Bear in mind, they attacked him with like 5Ks to go. So not huge gaps at all. There was a bigger gap the other day, yesterday, when Roglic attacked with like 1,200 metres to go, 1,500 to go. Chavez fourth. Guerrero came out of nowhere. He obviously paced the climb. I think this this climb was paced really like, uh, a positive split power-wise by Yumbo because uh, Guerrero was dropped early and then came back to come fifth behind his teammate, dropping Caruso, Menkes, Hay, Kreisweik, Johannesson, McNulty. Is it logical if you look at the climb itself that you want to do the damage initially yes. on the steeper parts? Yes, because then you can, when draft matters less, create a selection and then you have Jonas and Primoz, theoretically Jonas, well, not theoretically, Jonas did giving the draft to Primoz on the more meaningful section. Uh, although it is still steep in parts at the top, of course. It's not like it goes to 5%, 4%. Uh, Gagenhardt had a tough day. He lost two minutes, so that wasn't great for him. Uh, Jorgensen, too, he lost uh, nearly five minutes. In terms of GC, some big moves. Oh, David Godou completely collapsed. I forgot about that. That was – he lost seven and a half minutes. Uh, surprising. Uh, wow. But anyway, he – he drops into like 17th on GC. Caruso moves into fourth, despite not climbing particularly well the last two days. His TT helped him. Haig moves from ninth to fifth on 313. Menke sixth on 317. Chavez seventh. I've got to say, Chavez very unlucky not to come fifth here, which is 75 points difference. He's only five seconds behind Haig and stronger than him on the climb. Gagenhart moves down to eighth. Guerrero up to ninth. So that's... 250 points for EF, just like that. Johannesson struggled a bit today. He moved from 7th to 10th. So what's the... I think the other news, we can't talk about Jumbo Visma all day, is Ben O'Connor looks strongest of the best of the rest guys right now, not including uh, Vingegaard, Roglic, Pogaccia. That includes Danny Martinez to me. Yes, certainly, because also what happened today in the Tour de Suisse, Martinez dropped in, Mar- in the Tour de Suisse. So it certainly isn't too uh, too great for Ineos right now when it comes to their leadership there. But looking at this race specifically, O'Connor is definitely the best of the rest in this race. But it's very difficult to like compare the best of the rest at the Dauphiné right now to the best of the rest when it comes to Swiss. We have to see the mountain stage in Swiss first. We have to see what happens in Slovenia is likely not going to influence that. Pogacar is basically alone there. But when it comes to like... Swiss, I want to see it first. Like, what is Vlasov going to do on the longer climbs? Is he going to step up on the in that regard? Stuff like that. Like, is there other competition that we're currently not seeing when it comes to, like, the top five for the Tour, for example? But it's certainly looking like O'Connor is looking better and better to have another top five possibility at the Tour. And it's crazy to say, but I didn't see that coming after last year because last year it felt like he had some luck with breakaways that brought him to that position and then kept it up. While... I feel like now he could actually like just keep it up. That makes sense? Yeah, like last year, he, you know, there's always the question mark. A guy gets in the break, takes time back. You're like, okay, well, prove you can do that the normal way to get that position on GC. (laughs) 
And in my view, he's done a lot of that here, like coming third in the Dauphiné behind Jumbo Visma, much, much stronger than Haig, Caruso, uh, Gegenhart. Mars, unfortunately, crashed out again. He, as I said the other day, he's crashed out of like three races this year, at least out of GC contention. But as Benji said, Dauphiné last year was Port Luchenko Thomas. Um, so that wasn't particularly telling for the Tour de France. Uh, although, you know, Kelderman did pretty well. He was fourth there, and was he fourth or fifth at, fifth at the Tour? Um, yeah, to be honest, I said before the Dauphiné or during the Dauphiné, this only this was a test for Yumbo where you can only pass. You can't exceed expectations. If they do badly here, yeah, that's pretty bad. But to be honest... Putting 15 seconds, 20 seconds into O'Connor on an 11K, 35-minute, 35 9% climb, that's the bare minimum. Like, that's just passing the test, That you know, yep. if we're talking about Pagacha. So none of this it should be that surprising. This is the level they need to be at at a minimum. So I know their odds are plummeting, but I'm like, well, <laughs> what did you expect? But, yeah, any last <laughs> thoughts from Dauphiné, Benji? Well, it takes the points jersey, although, I mean, that wasn't – it's not as hard as the Tour. Uh, any other storylines from this that you think will percolate for the Tour? Maybe Chavez top – is he doing the Tour? Um, I don't know, but I also don't consider him a top five favorite just because of the Dauphiné. I think in three weeks, Chavez is probably going to bottle something True. and will end up losing time in time trial. That final time trial is very long. I um my confidence yeah, in Chavez for GC is not exactly uh the biggest there, but I just want to highlight Kreisbach a bit more. Like I had a lot of like criticism towards him when it comes to this year so far. He wasn't stepping up, he wasn't setting up the the was that he needed to do when the moments that he needed to do it at happened, and he did it today. And honestly, if he can do this throughout the Tour de France, then he deserves that spot hundred percent. And uh I guess we'll see what there are. Uh, team is that they bring out at Yambo. I'm curious to see that. Same for the other teams. And perhaps this Dauphiné and Tour de Suisse might influence their teams more than initially expected for certain teams. What about Bennett, McNulty? Oh. Let's talk about UAE. I mean, Ineos, I'm writing off Benji. Like, the... <laughs> I'm not writing off, but like, okay, Gagenhardt might go as a Dom, Yates, Martinez. I do like Martinez. But yeah, UAE, like we saw on show here, two of the top Doms. Bennett and McNulty. And McNulty was all right, but I'm not, they're not at the level of sort of Kreisweik and Kuz. That's true. I agree in that aspect. But the thing with Kuz is as well that we haven't really seen it at the moment. Like, how long has it been since we saw Seb Kuz? It's been a while, and I hope to see him before the Tour de France to get like a bit of an idea, like, what level is he at? But um, that's not the case at this Dauphiné because he wasn't in the squad, obviously. So. Let's hope he's at the level that he needs to be at for the Tour de France because, like, it's a bit of an unknown right now. Although, on paper, Kuz should be there, right? I mean, if Bennett outclimbs Kuz on <laughs> um, <laughs> the important stages, then I'll be very surprised. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm not too concerned about that. But that is a nice segue into Tour de Suisse, which we will just wrap up quickly because it clashed with Dauphiné last mountain stage and it, we didn't think it'd be too pivotal for GC and we'll have probably full Tour de Suisse podcast coverage throughout the week coming up with nothing else big except Slovenia contesting with it but today's stage stage one from Kusnacht see it's even named after Kus 
Kusnach to Kusnach <laughs> to 175Ks. They do a circuit of these quite difficult climbs, 2.7Ks, 8.2%. They do it three times at least. Uh, they finish on it. No, no, sorry. They do it the final time. And then there's like a 5K plateau. Uh, so Igita and Vlasov are here. Very, very nice stage for Vlasov. He's won Giro d'Emilia. This is a very similar profile. And Igita, of course, loves this sort of thing. Remco's here as well as uh, Kus, as Benji yeah, said. So there is. this is the other audition for the Tour de France. Martinez here for Ineos with Geraint Thomas. Full sang for Israel, looking quite good. And here she as well, another UAE important domestique could be going to the tour. But Vine got in the break. I was kind of surprised by it. Um, I thought he'd be going for GC uh, after Tour of Norway, but he got in the break and then they weren't going anywhere with Simmons and co. Pidcock's here as well. Uh, but then Benji was tasked with uh, monitoring the race more closely than me. I was on Dauphiné duties. Yeah, sure thing. And in all honesty, this parkour looked glorious to have like a long fight or an early A at Remco even a pull attack, but that did not occur. And it all came down to the final Kuznachberg. And on that Berg, we actually got quite a bit of activity, but more at the back of the group than at the front of the group. It looked like Fulsang was one of the stronger riders in this race because he actually put a bit of a move up at the top of the climb and it actually broke Danny Martinez instantly. Boom, Danny Martinez gone off the back. Yates still in the group. There's another Ineos rider still in the finishing group. So certainly not the best day when it comes to Ineos in terms of having their multiple leaders. Thomas survived, but Martinez lost a total of 51 seconds after this. So not exactly the best day for uh, him at this race. But on the climb, Remco tried to jump towards Fulsang, which was intriguing because it was not an attack by Remco. Remco was like, okay, I'm just riding to the front and nobody's following me. So I'm just going to ride off like... Okay, nobody's following me still, and I'm I'm on the wheel of Fulsang now. So let's see if we can keep this up. So they kept riding together for like one kilometer, and then the group behind with Vlasov and so forth started chasing a bit, and they all came back in that regard. And it seemed like the group started swelling up, started swelling up, and that's when we saw a move again of Vlasov together with Remco in the final 1.5 kilometers. They go out the front, and the final 1.5 kilometers is really intriguing because Remco does the initial move, Vlasov in the wheel. Remco says, like, come on, mate, take over. Vlasov kind of doubts. The gap com- becomes a bit smaller. Vlasov takes over again. And it looks like that gap is becoming smaller and smaller to the point where Remco basically gets caught and Vlasov from that group behind by Ilan van Welder that realizes, okay, they're going to get caught, so I'm going to move forward. And they kind of pretend to set up a lead-out train. So van Welder at the front, Remco in the wheel, but instead of following the wheel, Remco says, okay, I'll let him go. Elon Von Welder basically gets a reverse lead-out action going. He goes off the front, gets a bit of a gap, and it's now down to the other people to try and close it. And that's when the likes of Vlasov and so forth all have to start sprinting already behind Von Welder with about 350 meters to go. So that's very early. And that's when the benefit comes for the riders in the wheel of those riders. And one of those riders was Stephen Williams of Bahrain, the guy that, was it Croatia last year where he did well? Yeah, real ones remember Stephen Williams destroying Simon Yates in Croatia race. Uh, incredible <laughs> performance. He actually did. It was scary. And then, yeah, he has his one-off performances. Um, I can't believe he won. What's his contract situation? I actually don't know what his contract situation is because uh, his website Last ain't loading, year. so no clue. <laughs> he, yeah, he's had a real tough time of it. And I don't want to know what his odds were for this stage, but... To win from that group ahead of Sharkman, Krohn. Krohn, remember, won a Tour de Swiss sprint 
last year against Koshta, who deviated. Here she fourth, Luchenko fifth. Like Stevie Williams, huge win. Uh, obviously, his first ever world to win, although he has a few UCI wins. And yeah, just really surprising. Um, but good good job for him. He goes into the race leader's jersey. And as uh, Thomas made G1, so he's looking yep. not too bad for Ineos. Uh, but yeah, like Martinez losing 51. Made a loss 51 too, Benji. Like, yep. GC is more than the mountains. Yeah, he was almost standing still on that final climb together with Martinez. It was kind of shocking together with Pinot as well. Also losing quite some time here today. Pitcock, but that's not really the most surprising thing for me. We're Honestly, when 51. it comes to... Uh, yeah, exactly. So not exactly the top 10 saver when it comes to UCI points in the Tour either for Yev at the moment. Garfi losing time as well, but he did the Giro. I honestly, when it comes to Thomas, low-key thing that he could be the best GC rider in their squad for the Tour at some point because of that cobble stage. Let's say the cobble stage is really heavy and actually does damage. Thomas is the one that is going to make that front group easily from that squad. Like, and Adam Yates, I'm fearful for him. Like, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> He's made some, but he's missed others. It's not like the the the. the blah, blah, blah. Start stuttering. I got so excited about crosswinds. The bridge over to Nyborg. It's so obvious there'll be crosswinds. Yanks will probably be at the front, but then the next stage, stage four, there might be this snap wind on the stage to Calais. A few little climbs and a crosswind section. He might be at the back. Done. Snapped all over like there where i think he struggles because i think he made g1 crosswinds in uae tour 2021 like he's not necessarily terrible in them but yeah it's the attentiveness being at the front all the time is the issue but yeah tour de swiss uh it's got a pretty like heavy parkour compared to last year there's some big climbs they do in this year's edition uh i don't think hot take that Stephen williams is going to keep the jersey for very long but if he does then Bahrain got another big guy in their hands tomorrow's stage is over nearly 200 kilometers long leading from Kusnacht to Esch it does the Gempen climb 5k 6.5% the Eichenberg 3k 7% a little plateau descent and then the Charles Pass 6.5k 6% it looks like there's Matthews here of course bike exchange will pacing for him today he actually didn't make that group uh, I think this will be a sprint between Vlasov, Hirschi, Remco, and Thomas types again, Benji. I think so as well. I'm more leaning towards a Vlasov taking that sprint or something. But they've got the one too, you know. They can sprint with Vlasov against Higita again, like at that other race uh, a month ago. Careful. Higita but... might chop out your Tour de France leader. <laughs> That's true. But I, uh, I'd i love to see uh, an attack in the descent. An attack in the descent by the, the one and only legend, Alex Aramburu. <laughs> is, he, okay. yeah. is he is, is, is he riding this year where has he been up to nothing shut yeah, up luckily for him pcs isn't loading because <laughs> joe and aaron Baru might be higher in the pcs ranking right now anyway oh, oh poor amber is yeah i mean he did get him off stars it's not his fault all right <laughs> that's all from us today dauphine finished yumbo got the job done did what they needed to do won a plethora of stages, won the points jersey, won GC, Remco looking good for GC at Twitter Swiss, but the fight is only just beginning. Martinez and Ineos looking a bit shaky across both races before the Tour, and we've got Slovenia as well, which will kick off on Tuesday, which we'll cover uh, here and there. Thanks as always to Swift for supporting the podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. Ciao. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.